0: I'm Andrew Holiday. I'm the Chief Information Officer and uh, Vice President at NCIGF, and I'm uh, with... John Blatt, who is the uh, Chief Legal Counsel at NCIGF.
1: Cool. And uh, we're here to talk about cybersecurity.
0: Absolutely. The Web of Trust. Oh, man. Yeah, the
1: Web of Trust. Well, I mean, the Web of Trust... The, the, the thing I love about the Web of Trust is it's a concept that we all understand.
0: I sometimes. mean, there's, there's a very clear way in which we're all interconnected, right? I mean, you know... Um, And we're all interconnected from a cybersecurity perspective. We absolutely share a very similar cyber risk pool. You know, I mean, the fact that we, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things I talk about all the time is just how identity is just assumed in our community. And I'm not sure if people like actually totally understand what it is that I'm getting at. But I mean, the idea is that like. I get an email from you, I get an email from Tim or John Wells or you know or Marvin or Frank or you know Joe Dellafera. It never once occurs to me that this might not be who's emailing me. Yeah. It just never occurs to me. Um and I do think that from time to time in my you know in my Gmail like my personal Gmail account like I'm way more suspicious because like that email is, like, all over the place, right? I mean, I get an email from somebody, like, and like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, I mean... But you, you know there's no uh, there's no cybersecurity guy behind the management right. of that email. And you get an email from your mother, you know there's no IT department <laughs> that's vetting her, that's right. sending her no before, false emails right. that she has to kind of up her game on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, and, you know, people are so accustomed to using email as this, like, you know it's just this this platform that people are are very very familiar with it they're super comfortable in it um, you know, which is why people do and say things over email that they shouldn't. They shouldn't do and say, right? I mean, that happens all the time. Perfect uh, example would be sending or forwarding somebody's uh, specific
1: medical information right to another person by email. <laughs> right, exactly. Which we know happens all the time. Sure. Now you type in, you know, uh, email to help you send emails faster. Will autofill after right. you start to enter an email address or a name. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you enter that wrong or you type tab too fast and it goes to the wrong person. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Now you've
0: got an incident, right? Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I Absolutely. Mean, so you, all the things attendant with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. definitely. Not, not to mention the fact that, um, and I do think this is, uh, there's a, there's a somewhat of a generational component to this. Right. But like people, uh, there, there are definitely uh, a demographic that views email as long-term storage, right? Like it yeah. is my institutional memory and It's not, I mean, you can use it that way. I mean, that's the thing about email as a protocol. Like it's incredibly flexible and you can use it damn near any way that you want. And most of those ways are inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: you know, so we recently, a, a you know yep. all about this. We yep. recently uh, am- amended all of our policies, and a big one was our data retention policy. Yep. Um, and there's a very big cybersecurity component to this because while you can keep a ton of information and have that on hand, if should you ever need that information, right. it's available. Right. So you are a great resource, and NCIGF has always been a resource for its members. Right. However, the more information you retain. The greater risk you are in the event that somebody does breach your system. Absolutely. And now that can be exfilled, and who knows what happens to it, yep. how it gets used, uh, most often against you. We needed to figure out a way to properly constrain certain areas of our document repository. Yep. Um, you know, obviously anything that's insolvency related, we wanted to maintain because there are you know huge implications of that. That is what we do in much the same way that you said everything could go right are wrong except for suds. Yeah. Same right. thing is true with our, our document repository with respect to insolvencies, right? We need to preserve that as best we can. But what we don't need to do is preserve it in email. Yeah. Right? right. Because it takes a, it's 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 duplication of effort. There is a better place to store that, yep. be it on some kind of shared drive or even paper if that's the way that you choose to do so. Right. Um, but having it in your inbox is a it's a bear. It's a bear to deal with and the potential that somebody could compromise your you know, your email client credentials and get that information out of there, uh, is huge. Yeah. And why have that risk?
0: Well, I mean, we just talked about the, the phishing explosion that kind of happened over the, you know, the course of the past five years or so. And I mean, that's the number one, uh, that's the number one phishing attempt, right? I mean, they're trying to get you to enter in your email client credentials, they are after that information, that they, they want that bit of identity because that's where all the good stuff is, right? Absolutely. That's where all of your contacts are. They know that, you know, people use email inappropriately and, you know, it's, if you've got 20 years worth of emails and documents and attachments and things that you've sent and, you know... Uh, it's that but just uh, having that get compromised, having that be part of a breach would be disastrous, doesn't even begin to cover yeah, it. it.
1: It would be catastrophic.
0: It would be ca- a- right. A- uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and,
1: and the other thing about it is that and hundreds of thousands of people that you, you would have to notify. Yeah. Well, potentially. Potentially. Right. Right. Talk to your lawyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But but you know, uh, included in that is something even more pernicious, which is now you have compromised an account. Right. So you now are in. The web of trust, you can masquerade as the person you've compromised. Yep. I can send an email to you, Andrew, and say, I'm so and so from X Guarantee Fund. Yep. I need you to send me more data. Right, exactly. Because I only got 20 years. I need it from your side too. Right. Right. And so that's why we, you know, this whole concept of the web of trust uh, is something we need to just really home in on and make
0: sure that we strengthen it every way we can right well password reuse is a big component too right i mean you know it's like oh well you happen to use i mean you know this is not we set suds passwords but people reuse passwords all the time right i mean you know you use your domain credentials for all sorts of different things right and you know and then you've got well
1: i mean you know i kind of understand that right there's that part of me that's like my memory all right password credentials first off are kind of a bear yeah right i need to have one special character i need yeah. to have so many no, numbers it's... capitals litters. you know but then i can't use certain other characters right. so know. um and you want me to be different every one. i don't have a memory
0: for that yeah well this is one of the reasons why two-factor authentication is going to be so it's going to be so great right i mean especially if it's you know one of the factors is bio and the other is like a six-digit pin right that is such an improvement over super complicated passwords, password complexity, passphrases. You know, so it's like, um, you know, we've been rolling out passphrases. And so I've got this, uh, you know, I've got this passphrase that I use for LastPass, which is the password manager. Um, you know, and it's one of the few things that like if, you know, you under no uncertain circumstances do you want to get your LastPass pass master password compromised, right? So you are very incentivized to have a big, strong password. So anyways, it's a passphrase, but it's also a passphrase that has to have some of those special character and, and, you know, number or uh, letter capitalization requirements. It is really, really, really hard to memorize. Like, I remember the passphrase, but then I'm like, which, oh, did I turn into zero? (laughs) Which letter did I capitalize? Where's the number in this? So, all right,
1: so – but but it's just one, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm yeah. only
0: remembering one yeah, but if you massive, for- if, horrible if password. If you forget that password, though, I mean, you are roundly screwed. I mean, you are in a world of hurt because there's no way – there's. I mean, it's – LastPass has got every password for everything that you log into, right? I mean, it's got – I've got – 200 passwords in LastPass, probably. But, you know, I I can definitely
1: remember to bring my thumb and a six-digit code. Yeah, right. right? I mean,
0: that's... (laughs) Yeah, I hope you
1: remember to bring your thumb. (laughs) I may may forget the
0: code. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, does that does that cover the web of trust? I mean, did we is is that
1: did we hit that hard enough? I mean, yeah, is that- you know, I, I think I think it, it gives a really good understanding about what the web of trust is. Yeah, okay. But you know, now we need to talk about what about we strengthening do? about protecting it, right? Yeah. Um Because it is something that, you know, access to our data stores again, you know, NCIGF is a repository for all sorts of insolvency information. Right. Right. And we keep this information under strict lock and key. And people have access. Right. And so we need to make sure that that access is, is coveted and protected. So what do we do? How do we make sure that the web of trust is strong enough so, you know, those institutions remain strengthened? Yeah.
0: Hardened. You know, <sighs> it, it's a it's a great question and I don't have a lot of really good answers for it. all I have is just more questions um, and I think that's where you have to start right I mean it's like kind of why we started with that survey questionnaire thing um, So fire, fire away what, do you, what, what are some good questions to ask? Well the first thing we need to do and, and we discuss this at you know the board level as well but we need to we need to have those questionnaires be tied to identity. Right, we need to know. uh, We need to know who is where, um, as far as their cybersecurity posture is concerned. I mean, we just we have to have that information.
1: All right. So if you're going to have access to our data stores, we need to make sure that you are who you say you are and that you have some kind
0: of cyber program going on behind this. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that we are going to be looking to, so for anybody that, so the questions themselves, I I think are, are good questions. Um, and I'm not sure that there would be a whole lot of changes that I would make on the actual questions themselves. What we really though, what we need to do is we need to get, we need to find out who's answering what, and we need to find out who's not answering the questionnaire. Okay. You know, so there are gaps there. There are very clearly, um, you know, uh, guarantee fund managers that, that did not answer the survey. And, you know, we just need to, in the same way that like, we've had that ongoing business plan project, um, for the past couple of years to get like a hundred percent completion on the reverse data mapper, Mm -hmm. we really need a hundred percent participation in this cyber survey. It's just not, it's just not too much to ask.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, with what's at stake, right? and the ease at which it could be manipulated and misused, right? and then the damage yeah. that it could it could ensue, um, yeah, it's not too much to ask to say, all right, who are you? What's your cyber protocol right? and uh, and, you know, and then try and go through some basic high level questions such as, do you have a security policy, right? Do you have a security incident response plan? Do you run scans on your system? How often is this done? Are all of these things independently vetted by a third-party auditor? Right. Um, and, you know, and maybe you renew that every year. Yeah. Right. You ask it again because I think the, you do things change yeah. and, and people will strengthen. Right. You know, and I think uh, the, at least the overall stated goal that I've heard from you and others is that, you know, our, our goal is not to exclude, but to include. Right. right. To make sure that people pass.
0: Yeah. Um, we really that's uh, that's exactly right. I mean, we want nines and tens across the board from everybody. Yeah. It's good. Good for them. Good for us. Absolutely. It is. So yep. how do we do that? Yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard problem to solve, um, and it's a hard problem to solve because we really don't have any ability to control the behavior of the other organizations, right? I mean, you know, it's it's kind of um, classic NCIGF problem, right? I mean, we're a membership organization; mm-hmm. we want to be here to support the members, um, and we don't really have a whole lot of ability to compel them to do anything. Um, and we don't have any sticks. All we've got are carrots. And we just need to figure out how to properly incentivize um, the guarantee funds to, to, you know, take their cybersecurity program seriously. And I and I do think that they, they take it seriously. Um, I think the majority of them take it seriously. It's just – it's a lot of like, well, I don't know what to do next.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I think – Maybe the growing pains that you went through back in 2012 when you got your first IT audit are some of the growing pains that are confronting a lot of the, the managers today. Right. Right. This is now on their doorstep because it's been brought there. Yeah. Um, and they haven't had to deal with it before. A lot of people have. Uh, they pay third-party vendors to manage yep. their IT services, and that's great. And they rely on them to 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 you know do these services according to you know the state of the art. Right. Um, but they don't know how to verify whether or not that's going on, and uh, and that's a yeah. hard r- road to cross. So you know us being able to kind of maybe package things up and say, look. Here are some tools you can use. Right.
0: I I am at your disposal. Let me help you. So so uh, here's what you do. I mean really in a nutshell like here here is what you do. You you go out, you buy no before and you implement Is that expensive? No. I mean we looked at the prices just the other day. I mean what it's like Ten dollars per user per month, or something. I mean,
1: maybe fifteen. I think it depends on a level of service yeah. that you buy, and then the size of your organization. And it's and-
0: it's inex- and it's it is hands down the best bang for your buck. Like very clearly, because not only does it do phishing tests, but it also does training. So what you do is you go out, you spend the money on No Before, and we're going to be rolling out No Before training. The training side, we're gonna. let me step back that that back a little bit. We're going to be rolling out training to all of. The Suds users and all of the data mapper users and all of the reverse data mapper users. We're going to be just putting them through training at least once a year as part of, you know, that um, that's going to be contingent upon their access. But if you're a guarantee fund manager, you want to go out and you want to get know before you want to sign up all of your users for monthly phishing tests, maybe weekly phishing tests. Monthly is what No Before recommends. That seems about the right frequency, I think. Then you want to do, you want to sign up for quarterly training. You want to put all of your employees through quarterly training. You want to make sure that your new employees that come on board get trained when they come on board as a condition of, you know, getting their user account for the first time. You want to go out and get tenable cloud. Nessus tenable cloud um, and you want to do at least weekly scans against your system um, and then you need somebody to send that information to or you need to just say to your IT staff, hey, I need you to run weekly security scans using this tool and that's your kind of like your marching list. Um, so is, is that, is that expensive? It's, I forget. It's not, I mean, it's, it's under, it's under $10,000 per year. I mean, it's like, okay. I, I don't remember exactly how much it is, but it's a very reasonable price. The heaviest lift on it is the technical side of it. Right. I mean, you know, so not only do you have to get it up and running, then you've got to have, you got to do something with it. Right. I mean, cause it's not just sufficient to have these scans, then you have to go in and you have to do the, the remediation piece.
1: So just break in one more time. Um, is this something? So let's say you did have an IT vendor. Yeah. Is that a, is that something you could require of them? Absolutely. I, I need you to be able to do tenable scans. Yeah, absolutely. To, and then iterate. Yeah,
0: yeah. Really oh, fine. definitely. The the technical lift is not high. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, you know, it's like any IT person worth their salt should be able to figure out how to get a tenable scan up and running, and then also know what to do with those results. I mean, that's just that's just you know, it's table stakes for an IT person. I mean, okay. it's it's not there's not a big heavy lift associated with it. So yeah, so you do that. You want to do weekly scans and then you want to make sure that the results of those scans are going to the right people and that things are being done about them. That gets you into your patching strategy. So you want a patching strategy. Um, I talked about that a little bit, right? I mean, you do run into the problem of it's like, okay, well, when do you reboot these things? Because a lot of times, especially Windows patches require reboots. Um, Linux, to a less extent, do. Um, but I mean, you know, if you've got somebody that manages your infrastructure, you can just pay them to do that as well. Right. I mean, it really just depends on, on the state of your infrastructure. If you've got a single server and a lot, and there's a lot of guarantee funds that do, you know, they got a single server sitting in a closet someplace, just reboot it, reboot it on Friday. (laughs) I mean, you know, apply your patches patch, you know, Microsoft's got patched Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it is. You apply your patches. You reboot on Friday night. Make sure it comes up, and then you should be good to go uh, for Monday when when your day starts. Um, you've got to do. Uh, you've got to make sure that you've got a policy framework in place at a minimum. You know, uh, a security policy and a security incident response plan. You're more than welcome to have those of ours. Um, absolutely, like anybody's welcome to those, um, and I think they're fairly templatizable. Um, and, and you know, we could certainly work on templatizing those things, but they're not really that specific to NCIGF. I mean, you know, there's a couple of roles that might be different in your organization, but you're welcome to have those and you're welcome to change them and however you see fit. You need to do a tabletop exercise <laughs> once a year yeah. where you, you know, uh, where you, you take your security incident response plan and you test it against at least one scenario that you've devised and you see how people respond. I mean, that was... Really, super eye-opening when we did it um, last year. Yeah, you know, and and the other side just to add a little to that. It was fun. It is fun. Yeah, <laughs> it, is a lot, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. I yeah, because you I mean, can you can devise like just this crazy scenario, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know. Obviously, you want to have it be somewhat real, right? But I mean, you can have them be catastrophic, right? Sure. And you know, the, the, the great part about it is that that you need to have.
1: Some kind of incident, right? Yeah. A breach or some kind of system go down or something of that nature. Right. But all the facts surrounding that. Could be as fun as you want them right, to be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the more fun it is, the more people are engaged. Yeah. You know, if they're laughing, they're thinking about it, they're paying attention, and right. that was something. I mean, you you devised this great one with Nick Cruz, and he was out on a oh, yeah. camping trip That's in New right. Mexico, yeah, and it was fun. That. We had a good time. Yeah. People were laughing. But when it came down to you know, all right, now what do we do? Yeah. Um. It w- it was eye opening, and people were there because like almost present. every single time it was like call your cyber carrier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, call, call your lawyer. Call your lawyer. <laughs> first things right. first. Call Call your lawyer, call your lawyer, and then you know, and then and then turn to policy. If you if you at all think that you might at some point in the future want to go to policy, do it right away. Yeah, because you can't get that time back. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it it was it was great. It was great exercise. And uh, and, you know, so we have those, too. And we can share those as well. But, um, you know, there was something uh, Washington University uh, had, I think they did, you know, one a month for the past five or six years. So you can find these online. Yeah. In okay. Spades. Uh, yeah. I but didn't yeah, know that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No. There's that's just, cool. There's a big wealth of this information. Out so there. yeah.
0: So you don't even have to be like super clever or creative. You can just like crib from somebody else's like scenarios that they've that they've done. That's exactly right. That's yeah. That's Cool. And,
1: and there there's like a lot of them are single sentence. Oh really? Okay. Yep, uh, huh. X server went down. Yeah. You know this this was breached. Yeah. So and so ran off with their laptop.
0: Huh. Yeah. Well, and I was reading yesterday or the day before, um, and I think, uh, we had even baked this in without really knowing it, but it's like, um, run through these tabletop exercises, assuming that like, you know, you can't do X, like X is off the table. Right. So it's like, okay, so remediate this. If you don't have access to like email or you don't have access to any of your network shares, or, you know, you don't have, I don't know, phone. I mean, that doesn't really make any sense. But like, we kind of did something like that where we're just like, the internet's down, we can't get to our security incident response plan. And so now what do we do? Like, we pulled all the SIRPs from people and it was just like, okay, what do we do now? Yep, so everybody had to go at it
1: blind. And right. Again, that was, you know, so right away the first thing we learned was uh, we should probably keep a paper copy <laughs> of this somewhere yeah. because you never know. Right, exactly. Right? But if you only kept paper copies and you couldn't get into your office, yeah, Right. You know, you need to have a digital copy too, Absolutely. right? So you, you kind of have to cover both bases. Yeah, But again, you know, you get good, actionable information from You really do. You strengthen your policy yeah. year over year. Right.
0: Yeah, so that uh, and then um, audits. Start doing IT audits. If you're not doing them, start doing them. You know, find a firm. Um, you know, obviously we've talked up Charles Skrilo quite a bit. But I mean, all of the audits, all of the IT audits that we've had from all of the firms have, have, have been – useful, uh, at a minimum.
1: So there, as an outsider, there are a host of different options when it comes to audits, right? You you mentioned that there are, you know, the the main IT audit, which has several components that you can buy a la carte. Um, but there are also, you know, security posture analysis or spas. There are gap analysis. I mean, there's all these different acronyms you
0: could choose to purchase.
1: Uh, as a first time buyer, what would you, what would you advise? Just jump off the deep end and
0: Yeah. Go with a local firm. I mean, if you can go with a local firm, find somebody that's, you know, um, within close physical proximity to you. They're all, like I said in the earlier part of this conversation, like a lot of these things are converging on NIST. So it's not like eight years ago where, you know, you may get some radically different, um, set of findings or reports or something like things really are converging on NIST. Yeah. And uh, so,
1: so just so everybody's aware the the is NIST is the national national Institute of standards and technology. Right. It's a government organization. Yep. I think they're in Colorado is where they operate out of something like that. But, Colorado. But, oh God, to hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but yeah, they, they're a fantastic organization. They set forth a bunch of standards on, on password policies right. and cybersecurity frameworks. They have a vendor management policy. Um, um, and so if you're ever looking for guidance on anything, you can go there. Um, you know, it's funny. You had alluded to earlier uh, the new Ohio uh, safe
0: harbor law, um, which – Such a step in the right direction. It, 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 it truly is brilliant. I mean it really is. It's just the first – it's the first time I've encountered one of these cyber laws where I'm like that makes a ton of sense.
1: Well, you know – up until now, everything has been focused on the stick, yep. right? Uh, you must have X in place, or we will beat you, right? Um, and you know, right now with this safe harbor provision, really what it does, is it says, all right. We're going to reward you for good behavior, right? And then we're also going to tell you what good behavior is. <laughs> so yeah. it sets forth these, set, like you know, a whole litany of organizations that you can look to for certain protocols to follow. NIST being a large chunk of them, right? Um, and it just says, look, if you adhere to these protocols and you put these in place, then should you suffer a breach, you will have an affirmative defense under Ohio law. And you know that's huge. It just right. basically says, do the groundwork, build up your cybersecurity, and we will find protection for
0: right. it. Right, right. Well, it solves that problem that I was being more than just a little bit tongue in cheek about. But right, so uh, you know, I spend nineteen or twenty thousand dollars on Ingles, and all it does is give me bad news. Right. <laughs> I mean, so but it's like, oh, now I've spent nineteen or twenty thousand dollars on this. Really sophisticated piece of you know security monitoring software that gives me bad news, but I've also got an affirmative defense now, right? right? Because I'm 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 doing you know I'm going above and beyond. I mean I don't know if that's the the you know the barrier for affirmative defense, but it's like that is a it is a lot of money to be spent on you know basically getting cyber information. Right. Yeah. Being protected.
1: Well, yeah. You know, and it's not just one thing. Right. They just want to make sure that uh, you're you're you're
0: being diligent.
1: Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's
0: incentivizing the right behavior.
1: It's incentivizing the right behavior, yeah. you know, and it's the same thing. So you 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 look at the way that the law is applied um, uh, for those seeking to go after boards for, you know, uh, like the, the target breach that went down. They try right. to go after the board and saying that, you know, you guys knew that there was a cybersecurity issue and you did nothing to protect it. Um, and what the court found is that actually, no, they, they, they knew that there was an issue. They had a plan in place to remedy the issue. And that alone was enough to show that the board was being diligent and therefore, you know, they, they kind of waived off any DNO suit. So uh, that was all that was required. Now that's a pretty low bar, but it didn't mean that they didn't suffer other, you know, breaches to the organization writ large. Right. right? I mean, it just meant that the directors were protected. But really, what it says is that if you are showing good governance, that you're paying attention to this stuff, that you're trying to put a pa- plan in place, that you're you're following and checking boxes, making sure that you're 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 having good cybersecurity governance, right. then we'll protect you. We'll reward you, right? Because that's really what we want to have. We want everybody on this great high-level playing field.
0: It's the way it is it is where we all need to be. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's definitely the the direction that everybody needs to go in.
1: You know, it feels similar to the way that uh, we're trying to kind of work on strengthening the web of trust. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, everything's going toward, let's get ahead of, you know, even where the law is at the time. Right. Because you know, as we talked about, there is no national law on what right. you need to do or what's going to happen if you don't. Um, but it's coming.
0: Yeah, it right? absolutely is. Uh, I mean, everything is converging on this. I mean, it's, it's been one of those things where I'm genuinely surprised that there are not more people that are reaching out to us. I mean, I'm surprised that there aren't liquidators that are reaching out to us and saying, Hey, what's your cyber posture? Like, you've got all of this data of ours. Like, how do we know it's safe? (laughs) Well, you know, the, the second that they're,
1: you know, beholden to some higher law, uh, that will absolutely, they'll come knock on yeah, the door.
0: right. For more information, you know, you can reach out to, to me uh, at my email address. You can reach out to Robin Webb, um, who is uh, going to be running communications. Um, also, check out our website, uh, NCIGF.org. We're in the process of revamping the public-facing website as well as the members-only site. So you'll see some, some pretty significant improvements there. And uh, thanks for listening.